This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Jimmy, we don't talk virtually any NBA. I mean, for lots of different reasons, but man, oh man, oh man. Um, I was I was surprised yesterday. Um, I think I was more surprised that the Dallas Mavericks traded for Kyrie Irving than Kyrie Irving demanding a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. I definitely wasn't surprised he demanded a trade. It seems like there's drama that surrounds that guy all the time. He's always he's always in the news with something. Um, so, I mean, we know they have the, uh, a group of stars there, and, you know, it seems like everybody's always wanting out at some point. Right. <laughs> at one point, Durant was asking to be traded, <coughs> then Harden was asking to be traded, and now him. Now him, and now he has been traded. Um, the, the 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 question for the Mavericks, I guess, is you you know what you're getting. How do you expect him to be any different than he was for Cleveland or Boston or Brooklyn? Well, which is a great player, but also not a great teammate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's more the latter than the than the former, really. Well, I think if you're the Dallas Mavericks, you're saying, "Hey, we're all in. We're we're we'll, we're willing to take a risk because we think he's that talented of a player, and you know him alongside Luca could make a special combination." So the Mavs are saying, "We're not winning a championship with the way we're constructed now, so it's worth the risk to try to win with this guy who's got a little baggage with him." <laughs> A little, a little baggage. I mean, don't you, don't you think he comes with um, all the complement of baggage that you can that you can carry on a airliner plus plus uh, extra bags and saying, hey, I, I I I make so much money, I can I can go ahead and pay the freight for the extra bags. Uh, I do, but I mean, again, if if you're looking at it and saying we're not going to win mm-hmm. unless we make a move, then I, I guess they're they're saying, hey, let's let's give it a shot. Apparently, the Lakers were discussing that as well—the reunion per se of uh, you know LeBron and uh, and Kyrie. And there's a there's a portion of this that tells me that they deserve each other. But then I feel sorry for the guy that's the coach in Darvin Ham. Um, mm-hmm. But he he knew what he was getting into when he took the job of the Lakers, the head coach of the Lakers, with with LeBron there. Mm-hmm. But I. And there's a part of me that's like doesn't feel like that that's going to work out. <sighs> who, who knows? I mean, again, it's just a a collection of of players that um, I don't know that they super mesh well together. Um, and you also, I feel like the Lakers are, you know, with their old veterans. It seems like somebody's always banged up. Uh huh. And so that's part of the issue. And then I think the whole coaching LeBron thing is a different, difficult challenge because LeBron kind of runs things. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, does it just like even um, to even discuss this? Does it just kind of make your like fingernails on the chalkboard? You know, with 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 uh, Kyrie. No, I mean I, I don't. I mean I think. Kyrie's had his fair share of issues. There's, mm-hmm. there's no question. I, but I, at the same time, I think he's a really talented player. But I, I mean, I don't. I mean, I'm not. 
I'm just not. A, I, I don't watch the NBA. I don't really pay attention much to the NBA. I saw that yesterday, and I do think it's a. I, I like a team that's willing to say, hey, we'll take a risk. We'll go for it. We're not just going to stand pat here and know that we're going to be a second round exit in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know, let's, let's go for it. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's, uh, obviously he's got, like I said, I think that's the nice way to say it. He's got baggage or whatever, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't blame the Mavs for, for making the move. I don't blame the Mavs for making the move because you've got to do something or you're going to waste another superstar in Luca. But the move itself has he bought has Kyrie Irving bought into any team he's ever been on is my question. And it, I don't know that he's done that in the NBA. He may have in college, he may have in high school, may just have one been, year with Duke. He may have in any of those places, but he has <coughs> not done it once in the NBA. And if you're going to play well in the NBA, you need to kind of buy into your team that you're on. And who's if the offense runs through Luka, which it should, Luka is the better player then is Kyrie going to be happy being the number two? Well, that was a big rub in Cleveland and a big love, uh, rub in Brooklyn. So if you run it through him, then you're upsetting your star in Luka. Yeah, see, I mean, and, and again, I I follow the NBA about hardly at all. Um, but if my thought would be if you were going to buy into a team, he, and, he would have bought into the Nets the most because that's where he wanted to go and that's where his guy was in Kevin Durant. So if the buy-in was going to take place – it would have taken place there, and all they did was they ran out, you know, Steve Nash and and uh, ran out, uh, you know, now and, and and you know, basically Durant's like, is he in? Is he out? Um, you kind of wonder if Jacques Vaughn has any kind of say with regard to the Nets. It's funny because Kyrie did use something different in his uh, tweet to thank the fans. Instead of saying Net Nation, he thanks Net World fans. Net world. Okay. Nets world. For the love on and off the court. He played in less than 150 games over the past four seasons. Yeah. he's He's been... Well, I mean, there was the COVID issue that cost him a lot of games, too. Right. You know, the refusal to be vaccinated, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All right. Well, so I, I guess what I would say is if you're a Mavs fan and you're, you know, dyed in the wool and... You know, true, and this is kind of your team. I'm just curious how you feel about how you feel about him. Um, somebody wants to know who they gave him up, who they gave up for him. Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, plus an unprotected 2029 first round pick and second round picks in 27 and 29. They also get Markeith Morris, He's another stellar person. Yep. <laughs> get rid of a Jayhawk. So there's a positive there. Right. <laughs> goes to the Mavericks. So anyway, I, I I'm just curious if anybody out there even like looks at this and is like, okay, they went out and bought some more tickets, or they feel like, okay, this this is where the the Mavs are headed to the promised land. I wouldn't, you know, bet the house on that, mm-hmm. but I feel like they have a better chance of winning it all now than they did two days ago. Okay. All right, 6.38 this morning here on the morning drive. Thoughts, comments, Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to double T973.com three for that or the mobile app. Benchmark hotline is open as well at 806-771-0973. And j- just, just so you know, right now in the 
Western Conference, because they got rid of the divisions in the NBA, right? For the most part, they got rid of the divisions. I guess not. That's just in the conference. No, they still have the divisions. Um, so Dallas is second behind Memphis. They're 28 and 26. They're four and a half back of uh, Memphis. And then as far as uh, the conference standings are concerned, they stand at sixth. <coughs> no, there's 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 the uh, exciting story for you over the weekend of the NBA with John ja Morant in Memphis. And apparently his... Um, his entourage, um, who had special access down below in the Grizzlies arena there, had a little, uh, didn't turn into fisticuffs, but uh, players of the Pacers that apparently he had angered uh, apparently felt a laser or saw a laser on them in their vehicle. What's up with that? <laughs> and so they're questioning whether Morant's uh, crew uh, had guns focused on these Pacers players. Those uh, that crew has been suspended from that arena. Has it? Okay. They can't figure out whether or not they were guns or not, but they know that the, they don't think they want those people down there anymore. God. Your boy Chuck. Who's that? John Moran. Oh yeah, yeah. He's yeah. my boy. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Uh, 6.40 this morning on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3. This day in sports history is next. You'll hear the High School Fan Zone tonight at 6 on 100.7 The Score. Estacado, Coronado, and Monterey coaches speaking about their teams tonight at 6 on 100.7 The Score. This is Double T 97.3. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Time for this day in sports history. Today is February the 6th, 2023. Here is Jeff McGuire. Going to start in 1958 because future Baseball Hall of Fame outfielder Ted Williams becomes the highest paid player in Major League Baseball when he re-signs with the Boston Red Sox for $135,000. Big money. 1971. I don't know if this counts as a sports moment, but I think it kind of fits. American astronaut Alan Shepard is the first to hit a golf ball on the moon. How about that? It was pretty cool. He took criticism for that because uh, folks were like, oh, we go to the moon and all we're going to do is go up there and play golf, spending all that money. No, there was. There was there was a little bit of criticism. There was a lot of criticism about that. Because all he did was play golf because he took one swing? Well, <laughs> who are, yeah, there was some, there was some criticism. People. Who are these people? I didn't say that these were our people. I just said that there were people. There were people that were critical of, of Shepard that did that. That said all he did was go up there well, and play golf? not all he did, but that he... That he that did that. pretty dumb. That he did that. I mean, there were, there were folks that were critical of that. 1983, in the NFL Pro Bowl at Aloha Stadium in Hawaii, NFC beats the AFC 20-19. to Dan Faust, San Diego Chargers, jo- uh, John Jefferson, and Green, Bay Packers wi- uh, Green Bay Packers wide receiver were your MVPs. 1990, Brett Hull becomes the first son of an NHL 50 goal scorer, Bobby Hull, to score 50 goals. Hmm. 
Also on this day in 1990, groundbreaking begins on on the Baltimore Orioles' new $102 million stadium. It's it's a large chunk of change. 1998, the Minnesota Twins trade Chuck Knobloch to to the New York Yankees for $3 million and four minor leaguers. Man, he turned out to be not so good a person, didn't he? Well, he's an Aggie, so, you know, there's that. (laughs) Yeah, he's also turned out to be the guy who had a hard time throwing the ball between second and first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 2011 Super Bowl, Cowboys Stadium, Arlington, Texas. Green Bay Packers beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 31-25. to Aaron Rodgers was your MVP. That's hard to believe that that was, uh, what, 11 years ago. Well, 12. 12. 2011 or 12, yeah. And in 2022, NFL Pro Bowl in Las Vegas, Nevada, AFC beats the NFC 41-35. to Justin Herbert and Max Crosby, your MVPs. It is National Chopsticks Day. Like chopsticks like to use the to eat or chopsticks the, on the piano? Well, since it's normally a food that we discuss at this point, I'm going to go with not the piano. Okay. That's, you know, just a guess. Can you use chopsticks? I could once. I've not had to use them in 15 years, so right now it would be a struggle, but I'm sure I could relearn how to do it. I only use them to catch flies. Oh, okay. Remember, Chuck. Man who can catch a fly with chopsticks can do anything. Oh, you beginner's luck. Oh, Mr. Miyagi. See? I listen. Happy birthday to Rick Ashley, who's 57. Axel Rose is 61. And on this day in 1937, John Steinbeck's novel of Mice and Men, the story of a bond between two migrant workers, is published. He adapts the book into a three-act play, which was produced that same year. The story brought national attention to Steinbeck's work. Two years later, he would win the Pulitzer Prize for The Grapes of Wrath. And that is this day in sports history. Either one of you guys have to read uh, Of Mice and Men. And I did. I, I enjoyed read, it. It was interesting. I've I read like both it. of those. Mm-hmm. Okay. All of those were assigned, but yes, I read both of you those. You read both of those. All right. You think you could still do a book report today? I could probably do one about uh, Mice and Men today. Okay. Good job. Grapes of Wrath would be a lot harder. 6.50 this morning here on the morning drive. Thoughts, comments, Yates. What about you, Chuck? Think you could pull off a book report for either of those two? No. No. I I don't believe I read either one of those books. I think the most that... Uh, the big, the longest book I was supposed to read, I think, was uh, Brothers Karamazov. And I, I don't think I finished it. It was like 600 pages. Mm-hmm. I think I got to 500 and something, but I didn't. And how do you quit there? I don't know. I I think because the book report was due and I skipped to the end and I did what I needed to do. uh, So he didn't read one to 500. He went like read like one to 400 and then 500 to 600. (laughs) I think that's what happened. I don't think I ever finished that book. I said I was going to, but I I don't think that uh, I ever did. Um the question here is, what was the last book you read? I think the last book that I completed 
um, it was either a uh, Apollo 11 or book. I've I'm, I'm work, been working on an Apollo 8 book here for several years. Um, the Maybe the last book that I can say that I actually read was um, a book on OJ that said his son was the killer. Okay. That was a relatively long read. I'm in the middle of two books right now. Are you really? Yeah, in the middle. I'm kind of been slacking. I haven't been able to finish. One one is about a crew that goes hiking and does a river rafting tour. And, and they don't come back? Uh, there's some shenanigans <clears throat> going on out there, some bad people out there. Mm. The other one is called The Wax Pack. It was actually a book that one of our listeners suggested to me. It's about these, these two guys buy a pack of baseball cards, an old pack of baseball cards, and then they go around the country interviewing the guys that they get meet. Oh, that's guys, really cool. Retired guys. Yeah, it's pretty cool. They just opened up a random uh, yeah, pack of cards? random old pack of cards. Oh, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Jeff, how about you? I think the last book I read was The Firm Oh, as part of a school book report. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, I haven't been ever a big reader. I'm the only one in my family that's not a big reader. My sister's a librarian. My dad has put libraries like through their paces and read every book there. My mom would finish a book in a night. Uh -huh. I'll kill TV series in a weekend. I I sh I share your situation there in that uh, the lucky lady is a librarian and uh, or was in her profession. Um, I just I struggle to do it. I'm, I I'm better at reading articles. A hundred percent. I can read the internet in a city, but <laughs> picking up and reading a book, I, I'm usually out. Uh, let's see here. So that's that answers that question. Uh, somebody asked this question. Uh, how are you guys gauging the temperature of Coach Adam's seat if he only wins two or three Big 12 games? Is there any way you can bring him back? Uh, I think if he wins two or three games, he keeps his job. But he starts off next year with an extremely hot seat. Yeah, I. Uh, my feeling would be uh, unless they uh, negotiate a retirement or somebody's willing to pay the buyout, um, I think it's probably maybe even less than that, you know, a couple of games. Um would uh, would bring him back, but I agree with Jamie. It, it'll be uh, it'll be a warm seat. There's probably going to be some changes uh, within that staff. You would you would think. Somebody wants to know if you're reading Deliverance. No, because that's what it sure sounded like. I believe it's called The River at Night. <clears throat> okay, The River at Night by Jamie Lind. No, I don't write. Would you ever write a book? Would you write a book about? Your experiences in the radio business and the, <laughs> the various individuals that you I'd have some good worked with. I'd have some good stories. Yeah. No one would believe me unless you worked in radio. Mm. And then it wouldn't be interesting enough. Well, we'll try to see if we can create some more chapters to Jamie's book today here on The Morning Drive. This is The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Uh, good morning, Jamie Lint and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. Nice to have you with us this morning on Lubbock Sports Station. Double T 97.3 and Double T 
973.com. We get this from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. And I, there's no official document on this. This is probably hearsay and, you know, maybe some internal knowledge and maybe some stuff that gets kind of passed along in the old telephone tag. But um, this person says the Texas men's basketball team makes over $7.3 million. I think this comment off the Yates Flooring Center chat line, Jamie, has has some merit. Um, this person says, but Baylor and KU have been playing paying players for years. They have it down how to handle. There's there's probably something to be said for that in terms of, you know, the internal, you know, professional jealousy or, or, you know, player jealousy internally in terms of how they handle that situation. That doesn't speak very highly for those two programs, but maybe there is maybe there is something down for that. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to play that game as far as accusing Baylor and. Kansas of cheating like a jilted fan, but mm-hmm. I mean, we've all heard all the rumors. Sure, so, sure, we've sure, all, sure. We've all seen, seen, I mean, heck, the NCAA said Kansas did. Yeah, so. <laughs> they also said we've decided we're, well, and, I guess they haven't decided, they just haven't done anything about right. it. Right, and sometimes, sometimes the, you know, the season just kind of gets south on you, and then, um, you know, like it has with, with this one. Yeah, it's, and, just, it's just hard to... Put your finger on it. Well, it's hard to look at the team in the second half on Monday night and feel like, man, that team is—it's showing some heart. They, mm-hmm. there, there's fight and there's battle, and that team is not gonna. Boy, this team is just not gonna lay down, and that's really impressive. Um, but then you know, and then in the first half of the game on Saturday, yeah. it looked like, you know, hey, you're we're here to compete. We're, it's a four-point game at the half. Yeah, and then you just kind of you get blown out. Mm-hmm. And didn't look like there was much fight. And then you look at individual performances, and uh, somebody here on the chat line mentions it. I mean, O'Banner guaranteed on Monday night you were making the tournament. Right. Yes. And, and then played like that. Yes. And I don't know. I mean, I'd almost feel better if he was, you know, one for nine from the floor because it's, okay, well, he's still trying. Mm-hmm. He's still competing. And it felt like when you look at one for three and one, one rebound. rebound, you're yeah. just like, I mean, shoot, how do you, you just stand around down there? Two balls are going to bounce your way. You would think. <laughs> I mean, in terms, of minutes. in terms of rebound, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, no, it's, uh, it is, it's, it's, um, it's puzzling, um, you know, and, uh, you get out rebound in the game, you know, 36 to 27, they have, um, it's not like, you know, and then they, what they do from the free throw line? They were only 9 to 13 from the free throw line. They were, they hit 10 threes and Tech hit five threes. And that's a big difference in the ball game, obviously. You know, the Red Raiders were five of 20 from beyond the arc. And uh, Baylor was 10 of 24. It's going to be hard to win basketball games when you're doing mm-hmm. that. But that yep. has been a problem in these games where you've, you know, had double digit losses. <clears throat> you look at the three point line and you're, your inability to cover uh, or get out and defend or stop the ball in transition, fill in the blank. Um, and then you, then you also wonder if, you know, if you kind of reach a point in time too, in these, some of these games, if you're, you're, you're giving, you know, water kind of starts to flicker out uh, and then it becomes, 
you know, even worse, you know, of a loss. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, right. I've done all I can do. He needs to do something over there. You know, we've, we've, we've all probably had that thought go through our head. You know, if things aren't going well, whether it's at work or home. I can remember as a kid growing up, I've done my part. You know, that wasn't generally a good thing to say. You know, hey, I've done my, mm-hmm. done my part. Well, the job's not done. Just because you raked up your half of the yard of leaves, your brother hasn't done his half, so therefore the job's not done, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of part of what seems like we've got going on here. Hey, I've done my part. Well, no, you really haven't because you got you got beat by a 89 to 62 margin. 7.20 this morning here on the morning drive. Take your thoughts and comments in the Yates Flooring Center chat line all morning long. Go to doubletea973.com for that or the mobile app. Um, what do you think, or what do you think, of the Cowboys making Brian Schottenheimer the offensive coordinator? Is that just a... Well, we, we know Mike McCarthy's going to call the plays. He had said that already. Um, Schottenheimer's been with the coaching staff as a, an advisor or analyst, analyst yeah. offensive analyst, whatever. So, I mean, it feels like an easy transition. It just seems like um, that he just never has had success or the teams that he's been associated with have never had success. Now, his dad had, you know, a degree of success, uh, certainly during the regular season. Uh, but, you know, Marty Schottenheimer's playoff. But that has su- nothing to do with I this. know, I know, I know. I'm just saying, but but Brian Schottenheimer, his, I don't know, it just seems like he's always been a guy who's been ballyhooed, and then it's just not been backed up with a a degree of success. I'm gonna have to lean on you to know how that much just seemed, he was ballyhooed. Just, just, it just. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember him being ever touted as like the next great OC in the NFL or anything. Well, it just seems like I mean he's 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 had a number of jobs and he's been at a number of different places and it just seems it like sounds the, like a lot of NFL coaches. Okay, and I mean, college coaches. He's with the Rams for the year, Chiefs for the year, Syracuse for a year, USC for a year, Redskins for a year, Chargers for a couple of years, Jets for a few years, Rams for a few years, Georgia when they were not good, Indianapolis, Seattle, Jacksonville, now the Cowboys. Man, he's moved. He's gotten around. He's moved. Yeah, and every time they're like, hey, we're hiring Brian Schottenheimer. Like he's, you know, greatest thing since sliced bread, you know? I don't get that feeling with the Cowboys. Well, I don't either, but I mean, there have been times when they he was highly touted. Maybe ballyhooed maybe too big of an adjective, but highly touted, I think, was... Again, I'll take your word for okay. it. That's rare for you to take your word, my word for it, but I mean, I'm just saying, it just seems like this is just a grasp of straws, or this is just a, a placeholder. This is a guy that can, I guess, put the game plan for Coach McCarthy to kind of review but even when they hire Brian Schottenheimer to be the OC what this tells me more than anything else is there's even more pressure on Mike McCarthy to perform or he is Dunzales and by perform it's get to the NFC championship game hey let me ask you this question does it bother you when you see like history being written like for instance whether it's the 
Washington or Cleveland, like when they talk about their past players, they don't say Washington Redskin great blah or Cleveland Indian great blah. They now sometimes use Guardians or Commanders. I think that would be wrong because they didn't play for those franchises. Right, right, yeah, right. Or just, or they don't even use previously known as the. I I realize it's kind of wonky, but I mean, for you know, a long time. I guess they should just say Washington, Washington, or Cleveland. uh, The Cleveland baseball team and the Washington football team. I mean, because if you're referring to the Cleveland, current Cleveland Indians, if mm-hmm. they were current, and that would be offensive. It probably would be just as offensive to refer to, well, when they that guy played for the Cleveland Indians. It's not like because it already happened, it's not offensive anymore. Yeah. So that I guess that makes sense. That So I would, again, I don't think you can put guardians or commanders like, oh, and that guy that guy was a great player for the Washington Commanders. No, he wasn't. He didn't play for the Commanders. Yes. You can't it's like say Curtis that. Jordan. He won a Super Bowl with the just, Washington Redskins. Just say when he played for Washington. Yeah. Uh, this from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Face it, if his name was Brian Smith, he wouldn't be the retread he is. He's there because his last name is Schottenheimer. Sounds like he's got U-Haul on the speed dial, no doubt. <laughs> Man, he's... He's been on the move, hasn't he? Without a doubt. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. 7.31 this morning here on the Morning Drive. Time for Jamie's question of the day. You've had a chance to think all weekend about a super duper question for us. What'd you come up with? I'm just going to go with what we've just been discussing. And I want to ask you, what are, where do you expect the Cowboys? How far do you expect them to go in 2023 slash 24? I expect them to do about what they've done. Uh, win a playoff game, and uh, then I think there'll be a, be a change. So second round of the playoffs, mm-hmm. and That'll be it. then a change at the head coaching position. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'll coach any longer than Tom Landry did. This is hard because I don't know. I And I know I need to. So. It will be impossible for you to know or just. Well, no, like, I don't know where I feel about the Cowboys this offseason. <laughs> well, because they've got so many holes and they haven't had the draft yet. This is a much easier question to figure out after the draft. But as we sit today, I will say. Next year, you need to win the NFC East. I know that the team in the Super Bowl is in your division, but life's tough in the NFL. Get a helmet. Um, and with that, you need to be knocking on the door on the NFC Championship. You need to be in that game next year. Well, you're knocking on the door this you year. You need to be in that game. Okay, I agree. You can lose the game, but you need to be in yeah. it. Yeah. In the NFC Championship game? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say that you're in the playoffs again. I don't think you win the division, although it'll be interesting because I feel like the Eagles had a pretty easy schedule this year, and you'd expect them to have a much tougher one next year. So I'm I'm not 
giving up complete hope that the Cowboys would win the division. But I do think you're in the playoffs, but not in the Super Bowl. So um, whether that's the second or the third round, that's really hard to, to gauge. I mean, at this point, I probably would lean towards just getting to the division round and not the NFC Championship game. Uh, I don't, I don't think that gets him fired. You also have to remember it's the NFC East where you never get a back-to-back champ. So, yeah, I don't think that gets him fired. I think he's still there. Okay, I think he's still there if they're, you know, within a game or two of the Eagles of the division <coughs> title, and then uh, are winning, you know, a game in the postseason. I think people are pumped. Would be pumped up about that and having him back for. Another season after another divisional playoff loss. I think it's, it's not like we're blaming McCarthy for the loss. Mm-hmm. This is, this wasn't coaching. This was players' execution. This was turning the ball over. This was not running your offense. This was all of the problems that we saw all year. This wasn't coaching with regards to that's fair. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, we said it before. We kill. I uh, said it before. We kill him more. I wasn't. I am not upset that he is gone. I do not blame him for what happened with the offense because when he had a quarterback that was listening to him, the only way I can factor it in, you didn't turn the ball over and you won football games. When, yeah, you didn't play the a really good 49ers team in that stretch too. Sure. Yeah. But you still had lots of stretches where you look bad against bad teams too at the fair. end of the season. Yeah, definitely fair. All right, do you have an opinion on that? 734 this morning here on the Morning Drive. Go to the Double T 97.3 mobile app presented by Happy State Bank and weigh in on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Benchmark hotline is open as well. Uh, This person says, as Jeff kind of just said, if the past few seasons tell us anything, the East will not have a repeat winner. So if Dallas wins the East and can claim the top spot of the NFC, one win puts them in the NFC championship game. And and when we say past few, we mean something like 14 seasons in a row. Right. I'm no Cowboy fan, but one thing Jerry has demonstrated is patience with his coaches. Oh, to, a de- to a degree. Yeah, to a, to a degree. I'd say recently. Mm-hmm. I, he probably held on to Jason Garrett a year and a half longer than he needed to. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. 7.35 this morning on the morning drive. Um, yeah, it's just... It's, it's, it's really frustrating, though, when you... Sure, for cowboy fans that are you know died in the wool and you know from birth, they kind of look at this and go, "How how can this be?" You know, with the amount of money, the name recognition, the stadium, the just where you're playing, and blah 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 blah. How can they be in this position where they haven't even been in an NFC Championship game since the early '90s? Yeah, I don't know that I would say that they've had great coaches, and I don't know that the, I would say that their GM has been awesome either. So I think that has something to do with leadership. When is he going to retire, that GM? And he's been yeah. he's been and, after it for quite some time. He's going to show up to work on Friday and die on Saturday, put him in the ground on Sunday, and then you'll have a new GM in Dallas. Wow, busy weekend. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it'll take to get a new GM in Dallas. Busy weekend. uh, this morning Uh, this person says this NFC East hasn't had a back-to-back champion in 19 years Mm. Mm. feels like it's ripe for the taking for the Giants 
Yeah, I, I think they're get, I think they're getting ready to make a big mistake by investing heavily in Daniel Jones, but I don't know. But it sounds like they were investing way less heavy than the Cowboys. In Dak? Yeah, in, in Daniel Jones, like way less money. Like they're not paying him like an elite quarterback. Yeah, that's true. That's that's true. They're paying him like a good quarterback, but not an mm-hmm. elite quarterback. Yeah. And so that's fair. That still allows you to put quality pieces around him. This it's time to stop protecting Dak and uh, using others as a scapegoat. I'm not. Yeah, I don't think Dak. the three of us are. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. I don't think the three of us are sold on that guy. Give me Jones over Dak yeah. any day, Chuck. This is Daniel Jones, not Jerry Jones. So oh. I, was thinking, I was thinking, like, are you talking about like taking Jerry Jones over yeah. Dak? Not at the quarterback, but you know, it's, <laughs> Just it's like the GM, a, one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Anyway, he's talking about he's yeah. talking about Daniel Jones. Well, I, th- I thought the money I was hearing the other day was like thirty compared to what's Dak forty three. Yeah, it's just That's a the, big difference. It is. It's just, you know, even the... That's a wide receiver difference. Okay. Some really good offensive line help. Okay. And just the, the kind of the number that I heard on that was even even that, you know, if they franchised him or, you know, gave him that second deal, it's like... Because the thought was, do they do they start over and go get themselves a franchise quarterback in the draft or something like that? But it's going to be, based on their success, it's going to be, it's going to be difficult to do that. Yeah, they'd have to... Yeah trade up somehow yeah i mean you got uh aaron Rodgers who's potentially available you've got uh um you know Derek carr who's potentially available i guess if i was the giants i would ask myself is aaron Rodgers for a year or two are we one player away i wouldn't say that the giants were right and so i think they would be better off growing a little bit old with daniel jones here's a crazy just crazy question i don't and even know also, if you... is aaron Rodgers going to pay for play for 30 million yeah here's a crazy question for you if, if, if you could do it without getting all the math involved would you take Derek carr over aaron Rodgers over uh Dak prescott mm. that's pretty six and one half dozen of the other to me okay would you take aaron Rodgers over Dak prescott 100 percent. i'd make that trade today if i wouldn't you, let you get you a could. chance to take it back Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, I don't think Aaron Rodgers would accept that trade to Dallas. You don't? No. Why not? I'd, I think while they talked nice when they were in Green Bay at the return trip from McCarthy, that there are still reasons that those two broke up. And they can look back fondly and say, hey, we had some great times together. There's a reason he's in Dallas and there's a reason I'm here. And I don't think he would want to join McCarthy in Dallas. Okay. Yeah. He did win a Super Bowl in Dallas. Had a lot of good times. <laughs> had a lot of bad times at the end. On, on this day, he did He did win one. So did Mike McCarthy. He just didn't do it for the Cowboys, at least not yet. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Jamie Lint and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. Coming up at 9, it's the end of the bench on 100.7 The Score. You'll hear Dan Patrick on Double T 97.3. They're at the Super Bowl. I'm mixing it up and uh, being a part of Radio Row, Jamie. Cool. Okay. Hope they're having a good time. Okay. So they'll uh, they'll be there. 
probably some uh, good interviews and things like that. Tech Talk this afternoon, and then tonight you'll hear the High School Fan Zone on 100.7, the score coaches from Estacado, Coronado, and Monterey. Now we're talking about uh, the Super Bowl a little bit. Um, somebody says this, uh, I'd favor the two if I was the person that went for teams that were basically spoon-fed wins the whole season. Yeah, they had a they had one of the easier schedules, no doubt. Um, somebody says this yesterday, 70% of the bets in Vegas was on the Eagles. Okay. Um, Eagles right now are favored by a point and a half. All right, so uh, yesterday at the Lady Raider game, Jeff Mitty, who grew up in Kansas City, um, came over and we were just talking, and we are talking about the Chiefs and talking about the Super Bowl, and he was telling me he was a season ticket holder, and I said, you know, I said, I said, what do you think about the Texas Tech stuff at Arrowhead? And he's like, yeah. He goes, he goes, what you know, Mahomes has done has been impressive. And he said, um, he goes, when I was at TCU, he goes, it just reminded me what he's done there, what Ladanian Tomlinson did for TCU. And he said uh, that they had significant growth. The university did. Uh, from the state of California, and he gave uh, LaDainian Tomlinson um, some of the credit for that because of what a great ambassador he was for the school uh, while he was playing for the San Diego Chargers and how he you know, promoted the fact that he went to TCU and, and that that paid off for them um, by getting kids to uh, go to school there. Yeah. Have you ever heard or seen any kind of numbers? I have not seen any numbers here from from Kansas City, but um, I think there's been there's been growth. Uh, there's certainly awareness. Uh, whether that's paid off in in students coming down to go to school here, um, but I just thought that was kind of interesting. Um, it, I'd be Jamie. I would be fascinated to know if there's been any any growth. I mean, I'm sure they'll measure that because. You know those those sponsorships are not cheap, um, mm-hmm. but I think um, I think it's been I think it's been cool. I think it's been been good. Um, you know I think you're always trying to kind of spread your banners far and wide, and sometimes you know you need to do as good a job recruiting in your own hometown as you do in you know in other parts of the country. Um, and sometimes folks would say, "Hey, you know, my kid goes to." Blah blah blah. School right here in Lubbock has never gotten a postcard from Texas Tech. Okay, that's fair, um, but you know I think that um, you know I think that certainly in the state of Texas there's a high level of awareness. But you know there's there's kids that are available to go to school all across the country, and I just I don't know. I think he I think Mahomes has done a great job of representing the brand and um, not embarrassing you and um, <clears throat> and being aware. And you know many cited the the fact that. Yeah, you see him at the Big 12 tournament. You see him at basketball games and kind of said the same thing about LaDainian Tomlinson. Okay. So I thought that was a, I thought that just thought that was an interesting observation um, that he uh, that he kind of latched on to in addition to what what he said. He also said I we were talking. I asked him about Jerome Tang and um, he said that he and Bruce Weber were were neighbors. And he said the thing about Weber was he said that. You know, the people kind of got on to him because, um, you know, he he um, inherited players and then they lost. And it's kind of like he bore the brunt of previous coaches for what they didn't do. And then 
also bore the brunt of inheriting players, and it's kind of one of those deals where he just couldn't win at the end of the day. But um, I think he likes Tang, and and I, I I cited to my brother. He said he was worried about Tang leaving. I'm like, man, why would he leave when you look at kind of what they've done for Bill Snyder and and other guys, you know, up there. Uh, because there's the thought that Tang would leave to go to Baylor, or go to Texas, maybe, or just go to a school where there's going to pay him more money. But you know, he's had success this year, uh, and I think you know some of the fear is is that a guy like Tang would leave like Bob Huggins did after one year to go to his alma mater or someplace like that. Where's his alma mater? I do not know where Tang's alma mater is, but you know the the case of case of uh, of Huggins. I mean, he had. He had the chance to go right back to uh, to West Virginia, but of right. course, you know Tang spent a lot of time at uh, Baylor. at Baylor. Yeah, I don't get the impression that Scott Drew's going anywhere anytime soon. I don't either. But if it was one of the you know blue bloods of college basketball, I wouldn't be shocked to see him leave if the opportunity came. Drew for no for tang oh for tang yeah 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 Yeah, the thing the the thing about him though is that he is an older guy he is um long time assistant 57 so it's kind of one of those deals where man he was he was at baylor from 03 to 2022 he was there forever forever uh so he's 56 years old his alma mater is i don't think they have to worry about this charter oak state wherever that is yeah. It's in New Britain, Connecticut. It's a public online college founded in 1973. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't think I don't think he uh I don't think they have to worry about him going to uh to coach there, Jamie. Well, that's good. For yeah. K-State. Yeah. He uh, moved with his parents to St. Croix in the Virgin Islands, lived there until age 10 and then came to Texas. Uh, attended North Central Bible College in Minneapolis and then studied at home via the online learning with Charter Oak State. That's crazy. I mean, never played college basketball. Doesn't You don't have to necessarily have played the sport to coach it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, obviously he's had a lot of success there. I think he would be a risky guy for some other... If some one of the big names went after him, and and what I mean by that is he's got all this experience as an assistant, okay, mm-hmm. and it was impressive what you know he was there for at Baylor. He's done a great job this year, but big part of that was the recruitment of two transfer portal guys, right? Mm-hmm. Especially the one from Florida feels like uh, who was in an interesting situation where Florida said, you're not healthy enough to play anymore. And Kansas said, Kansas state said, yeah, come play for us. Right. And he, and okay. he forgo for, forgave like uh, $5 million in insurance money to go play basketball. So at pretty state. interesting, not your normal situation. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just, I would, if I, if I was, you know, the, the advising him. No, if I was the, AD at Kentucky or whatever, and I'm looking for a new <clears throat> new head coach, I would be very tentative with him or just because of the body of work is not that big mm-hmm. as a head coach. Sure. No, I think you're right about that. I think he's probably where he needs to be, you know, for a period of time. It'd be interesting to see what Texas does. I mean, with Rodney Terry, I mean, 
let's just say they win tonight. Let's just say they go into Lawrence tonight and they win. Not that they're going to immediately give him a new contract, you know, tomorrow morning, but I just think it matters what he does in the postseason. I don't. That that to me is the only way he keeps his job. I think if he gets to the Sweet 16, I think he's got a good chance to keep his job. Okay, I was going to ask you how how far you felt yeah. like he had to go. So, you know, two rounds. I mean, and you know what's what's coming back. How much can they retain? Um, you know, but right now, you know, Texas is in a is in a really good spot. You know, they they lead the Big 12 by a game over Iowa State. They're eight and two. Um, you have to give him some credit for where that basketball team was. You know, I mean. You're, I give him a ton of credit. You know, the the coach gets, you know, basically slapped with a felony. And uh, the assistant coach has to come in and take everything, keep everybody together. So, yeah, I mean, he's done an outstanding job. No doubt. Terrific. I mean, no no question. They, had a lot, they have a lot of talent there. But, I mean, he's kept the talent together and focused and not distracted and playing together. I mean, all of that. So I, I think he deserves a lot of a lot of credit. Uh, eight and two, nineteen and four. They're thirteen and one at home. I mean, I remember when all that went down, thinking, "Oh man, this is going to take them down a huge sure, peg." Sure, sure. This is not going to go well. Uh, Logjam. Uh, they've been great. Logjam there in the middle at uh, with TCU, K State, Baylor, Kansas, all at six and four. Oklahoma State is five and five. Just makes it really disappointing as to where. You are for so many different reasons, but at one and nine, I mean, you're not even a factor in this race unless you play the role of spoiler with somebody, which could happen. This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.